You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. This is the one, guys. I'm telling you right now, this is the one. I have been telling you, it's like a running joke on this podcast, that this is going to be a short one, and then it never ends up being a short one because I ramble. This is the one, though. I'm telling you, it's the one. Today's episode of the Bruce Exclusive is titled Legacy. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But not after we just say, hey, the Bills won a playoff game for the fourth year in a row. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers and moved on to the divisional round of the AFC playoffs where they will face the Kansas City Chiefs at home in Orchard Park, which is quite a narrative shift from the way the story has historically gone. All of a sudden, that two seed looking a little bit better. There was a lot of, well, at least we got in before the Bills ever played the Miami Dolphins. But that victory in week 18 over the Miami Dolphins looking quite helpful right about now. Otherwise, we'd be going to a different location entirely. Very likely, we'd be going to Baltimore to play the Ravens because we would have been the seventh seed, even had we won the first wild card game. But the Bills versus Steelers was the second week in a row where there were unsung heroes for the Buffalo Bills. The second week in a row when there were players who you may have forgotten were on the roster or at least had kind of muted in the conversation, those players stepped up. Those players were ready to play. I'm not sure how you can have this phenomenon occur two weeks in a row and somehow manage to not give credit to either Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott. So let me get this straight. You consistently run out of second-level defenders. At one point for the Buffalo Bills, they had zero preferred starters on the second level of their defense. It was Dane Jackson, Kyir Elam, Dorian Williams, A.J. Klein, Cam Lewis. To recap, that's a guy who used to be a starter, so solid there. A guy everybody thinks is a first-round bust. 
a guy who didn't see the field basically at all, a guy who just got off his couch, and a safety playing outside corner, outside corner, linebacker, linebacker, nickel corner. That was your hodgepodge group. That was your ragtag group defending the second level against George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. The Steelers' receiving weapons are good. Now, thankfully, it's Mason Rudolph and not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. But that's still a really good receiving core who had performed markedly better with Mason Rudolph than they had previously under Kenny Pickett. Now, Pickett only got one game without Matt Canada as offensive coordinator and looked pretty good in that one game. But the overwhelming sample size was they weren't great with Kenny Pickett, but everyone knew they were really talented and all they needed was a little better quarterback play and Mason Rudolph was giving them a little better quarterback play. And Sean McDermott had to defend it. I've mentioned this before with one hand tied behind his back. This game, he had one hand tied behind his back and the other one was in a sling. Von Miller remains mostly ineffective. Gregory Rousseau's been banged up all year long and the second level is completely obliterated while Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer are older, slower, and slightly less effective than they used to be. Sean McDermott isn't exactly rolling in superstars right now. Thankfully, there are two players on this defense that continue to play at a high level, Ed Oliver and the returning Daquan Jones. And that helps, and that's wonderful. But you can't keep having this happen and somehow not give credit to either Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean. Either the Bills just happen to be littered with third stringers who come in and can perform at a reasonable to good level, in which case Brandon Bean is the greatest general manager in the history of mankind and keeps getting third stringers who can come in and perform like starters, or Sean McDermott has these people ready to play. Sean McDermott has them ready to go, and when he brings them in, he knows how to call a game to minimize their weaknesses, maximize their strengths, and get the best out of these players, even though they're second and third stringers. The truth is, it's probably a little mixture of both. But you can't ignore this. The second game in a row that it's happened, and both of them were must-win games. Now, I know clearly the Buffalo Bills didn't technically need to win the Miami Dolphins game to get in the playoffs. They were already in. But they needed to win it to get the two-seed. They needed to win it to stay at home. As mentioned previously, they'd probably be going to Baltimore right now. If it wasn't for that game, you wanted an AFC East divisional title, right? That was important. So you have really important games back-to-back where people you might have forgotten were on the roster stepped up and played reasonably. Dorian Williams played reasonably. Kyrie Elam, after a very bumpy start, I was paying very close attention to Kyrie Elam for the remainder of the game. When I was watching the All-22, Kyrie Elam. I, I mean, anytime you have a chance to see a new, quote-unquote, player, a player you haven't seen in a long time, you're naturally going to be like, okay, I want to check and see what he's about. I think he was solid overall. And I'm happy with that. And A.J. Klein just got off the couch. And 
He just gets off the couch and doesn't come back to the situation that he was in before. AJ Klein isn't walking through that door and having Matt Milano tell him where to go. He's not walking through that door and having Tremaine Edmonds tell him where to go. He's walking in there, looking to the left of him and going, oh, hi, I'm AJ. And the guy looks over and goes, hi, I'm Dorian. Well, like the dude from Scrubs? Yeah, like the dude from Scrubs. That's the situation for AJ Klein. I cannot stress to you how difficult this is. I don't care if he's a veteran. I don't care if he's been in the system before. He got two days of practice and then got a green dot thrown on his helmet and went, hey, just so you know, go call a defense. Make sure everybody's lined up, correct? And oh, by the way, you have a rookie next to you. A rookie who hasn't played basically at all. Dorian Williams is the third choice at that spot. Balen Spector played ahead of him. The linebacker preferred pecking order for the Buffalo Bills is Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson, Balen Spector, and then Dorian Williams and A.J. Klein. That's how far down the depth chart you are at linebacker at that point in a must-win game in the playoffs against really good weapons. And it just keeps happening. And at some point, we're going to have to give Sean McDermott credit for this. If you're not already, if you're just reluctant to do it because you decided at six and six that he needed to be fired. And so any data that you receive after that must be filtered through the lens of, I already want him fired. Therefore, everything he does is crappy, right? We minimize anything good he does. We maximize anything bad he does because we've already decided that we need him to be fired. But it's okay. Like you can decide that and still interpret data in a reasonable and balanced way. And I don't know any other way to interpret this aside from either Brandon Bean is the greatest talent evaluator who has ever lived or maybe just maybe Sean McDermott had him ready to play. And this is a legacy game coming up for Sean McDermott. If the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs in this divisional round, it will be the best victory of Sean McDermott's entire career. And I don't think it's close. Based on what the Bills have gone through this year, based on the injuries, based on the drama, all the narratives around this team when they were 6-6, six and six, it would be the best win of the McDermott-Bean era. Even though the Chiefs aren't on offense this year what they have been before. You know why? Because even though the Chiefs, it's hilarious, we all like, man, what's wrong with the Chiefs offense? The Chiefs offense is still really good. It's just not number one in the league anymore. That's the standard to which we have set the bar for the Kansas City offense. It's that if it's not top two, we're like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? The Chiefs still have a good offense. But the area that the Chiefs are better at this year than they've been recently on defense lines up with the Buffalo Bills' strength. And the area where the Bills are beat up lines up with the Chiefs' continued strength. The Bills are beat up on defense. The Chiefs have a good offense. The Bills say, okay, well, we can have an advantage then, right? Because we have a good offense. Oh, wait, the Chiefs have a really good defense this year. And it's getting better. The Chiefs are getting healthier as the Bills are getting more and more banged up. The Chiefs have Isaiah Pacheco, who they didn't have before. They have Donovan Smith, who they didn't have before. The Bills, on the other hand, are missing players 
or potentially missing players that they had before. Sam Martin's a question mark. Terrell Bernard's a question mark. Russell Douglas doesn't look like a question mark. Looks like he'll be back per his own notes. But Taylor Rapp is a question mark. Gabe Davis is a question mark. Tyrell Dodson's a question mark. Taron Johnson's a question mark. Christian Benford's a question mark. Balen Spector's a question mark. It's just crazy. They're trending in opposite directions. The Chiefs are getting healthier. The Ravens are getting healthier. They just got back Mark Andrews, which is a huge boost for them, as if they needed one right now, looking dominant. The Buffalo Bills have an opportunity to make a legacy. Because legacy opportunities come when things are bad. Those moments when you're up against the wall and things look tough. Those are the moments where you get to create a legacy for yourself. And these are the moments where Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, they get to create a legacy for themselves. This is a legacy game for the Buffalo Bills and this era of the Buffalo Bills. They have a lot of adversity. And they found ways to get W's over the last six games. Six in a row. You need three more to win a Super Bowl. Three more to cement your legacy. But it starts right now. This is a legacy game. If Sean McDermott can come out and coach his team to a victory in this circumstance... That is a legacy game for him. One of the benefits that you have is that you have week-to-week injuries and not in-game injuries because in-game injuries are hard to plan for. You are more limited in your ability to plan around them because you already have inactives declared. It's not like you can suddenly go to somebody on the inactive list and go, we changed our mind because we, you know, we had some injuries. Let's go ahead and pull you off. You have to work around it on the fly. When you have to work around things on the fly, that's coaching. When you have to work around things week over week, that's planning. Planning is great. It's part of coaching. Being able to make those decisions on the fly is another part of coaching, and I would argue it's more difficult because there's a time restraint. So this is an opportunity for Sean McDermott to show both of those aspects of coaching. He made the appropriate decisions on the fly against the Steelers, and now he has to plan for the possibility that he's not going to have one, two, three, four meaningful pieces on his defense. Let's see how good the plan is. Ultimately, this game is much more about Billy's and Joe's than it is about X's and O's. There is no plan in the world that can overcome severe lack of talent. But you can minimize it. You can try. You get a a sneaky here, a sneaky there. Create some chaos. Create some variance. This is the way you deal when you have lesser talent. And the Bills might be in that situation against the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's when you have an opportunity for a legacy. We are going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We got an email to get to. James says, Dear Bruce, I really enjoy your analytical and reasoned approach to the Bills. Generally, that's how I am too. Yesterday, he sent this to me on the 16th, was a little different. My son, who was a sophomore in college, asked me yesterday morning if I wanted to go to the game. We had a great time despite the cold and having to dig out of our seats. We were in the scoreboard end zone and having the Allen and Shakir touchdowns coming towards us was amazing. After that game, with Josh throwing three touchdowns and running for the longest rushing touchdown in Bill's playoff history and not having any real turnover-worthy plays, it was just a perfect memory for my son on. So who cares about rational discourse? Josh Allen is our MVP, and the crowd made that known loud and clear yesterday. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Go Bills. You know, the funny thing about emotional investment versus like rational discourse is I don't think they have to operate independently. I think it just comes from weighting something appropriately and understanding introspectively that your weights are different than other people's. I think just saying, hey, I know that my quarterback has a QBR of 62 and yours is 78. But I love my guy for X, Y, and Z reasons. Feelings are data too. And we don't talk about that at all. Data is just information. It doesn't say anywhere it has to be numerical. So that's data. Now, it's personal data. It's non-applicable data. Like, you can't assign your emotional strengths onto somebody else. You can't assign your emotional weaknesses or your dispositions onto somebody else. You can't say, well, I feel really good about this. Therefore, you need to feel really good about this. That's not fair. But that acknowledgement... That feelings are data too, that is a huge part of communication, dealing with other people's relationships, in your marriage, with your friends. Feelings are data. Sometimes I think that people who are super data focused, right? Everyone assumes that that's that's me. I'm I'm a robot, right? I'm really data focused. I don't care about it. It's just not, not data and I can't quantify it. It doesn't matter. And that's actually not true. The way you feel about something is data. It is, but it's not data for the other person. It's just data for you, but just be okay with that. That's fine. Here's the way I want to frame it to you. Feelings create a margin 
of error. Do you know whenever you see polling data, there's a margin of error associated with a poll? It's essentially a confidence level indicator, right? It expresses the amount of random sampling error in the results of a survey. So we say, hey, this is what we think, but we have two points margin of error. So it could be two points higher or two points lower. So we say, okay, listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't the best quarterback in Buffalo Bills history. Like that's an objective fact, but that doesn't mean he can't be your favorite. What if you, like James, went to a game and had an interaction with Ryan Fitzpatrick that fundamentally had a positive impact on your Bills or football watching experience for the rest of your life? There is essentially nothing anyone could do that would stop Ryan Fitzpatrick from being your favorite player at that point. That favoritism, that moment that you experienced with him, that's the margin for error. And with feelings, it can be as illogical as you'd like it to be. It can be a 98-point margin for error. It can be a 100-point margin of error, depending on how significant the feelings are. That's where you get the phrases like, yeah, he's an idiot, but he's our idiot, right? That's what that feeling is expressing right there. That your feelings are a margin of error. We recognize that there's data in front of our faces, but... I can still feel differently. The key is being able to make sure you're siloing that idea. This idea that, yes, I can understand that I can't prove it. I just feel it. And that's okay. I've mentioned before on this podcast that The Good Place is my favorite television program of all time. And there's essentially nothing that can happen at this point that would change that for me. I encountered The Good Place at a specific time in my life where it spoke to me in a very meaningful and poignant way, had I watched it a decade earlier, it probably wouldn't have landed on me like that. It probably wouldn't be my favorite. It was a specific moment, a specific feeling that was generated by watching that show at that exact season in my life that had a profound impact on me and nothing will ever beat it. Even though I could objectively say there are probably shows out there that are better. Feelings are like art. Art and science can coexist. You can objectively say that the Mona Lisa is a better painting than your kid's kindergarten project. That doesn't mean they make you feel the same way. And that's okay. Both of those facts can exist simultaneously. You can go, you know what? Brock Purdy had one of the most efficient seasons of all time. Awesome. Also, I love Josh Allen, and he's my favorite player in the entire league. And I understand that QBR might be higher, and completion percentage might be higher, and EPA per play might be higher, and so on and so forth. But I'm always going to roll with my guy. Good. We don't dismiss feelings. We just put them in the right bucket. I wouldn't want to live in a world where we just dismiss how people feel about stuff. That sounds like a really boring world. It sounds like a world where people don't actually change because when they feel things, they change. We all know that people don't respond to data as much as they respond to feelings. We know this. This is sociologically studied. You can hit somebody with a statistic over their head a million times. Hey, 
don't do that, it's bad for you. Don't do that, it's bad for you. Don't do that, it's bad for you. And then when their father has something bad happen to them because of it, then they respond. Because they needed to feel something before they changed. So I don't want to dismiss feelings at all. I love feeling. Let's go. Let's just line them up next to it. Let's just not bleed them into each other because then we get arguments and bad things happen and we start causing conflicts with people we love because we bled these two things together. Let's just appreciate them for what they are separately. We're going to finish off with plurality pie. Josh Allen, 20%. What a game. Do you remember there for a minute where Josh Allen wasn't having as good of a games there at the end? And we're like, oh, he's probably not going to win MVP, you know, recency bias, stuff like that. And there were Dolphins fans being like, oh, Josh Allen, too, Josh Allen. Josh Allen can make those plays against the Steelers and not a lot of other people can. It's that simple. Sean McDermott, 16%. Thought he coached his us off. Both those challenges were great. He absolutely should have done it. I think he absolutely gave his team the best chance to win. Dalton Kincaid, 11%. He's still really good. If Stephon Diggs would have been down for a meaningful amount of time, I would have said, okay, run it through Kincaid and clear Shakir. Dalton Kincaid, 11%. James Cook, 9%. Not explosive, but still solid from James Cook. Happy to see it. Ed Oliver, 8%. Continues to be a stud. Sam Martin with a bad hamstring, 4%. Other, 32%. Josh Allen, 20%. Sean McDermott, 16%. Dalton Kincaid, 11%. James Cook, 9%. Ed Oliver, 8%. Sam Martin, 4%. Other, 32%. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. And it's 24 minutes, so a little bit under time. Again, rambled a little bit. I just get excited. That's what it is. I feel feelings. People feel feelings. I'm allowed to feel feelings. I have feelings, too. Robots are people, too. And if you don't think so, well, then you know what? That's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumpers. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today 
Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic. 